days, six hours, forty-two minutes, twelve seconds. Oh wow, you're back. Where in the hell have you been? The question isn't where. I swear to God, if you're gonna say not where but when, I'm gonna kick your ass. I was 28 days and some change in the future. Tony of Christmas Future brought me there, and uh, if we continue this little kill the audience thing, um, shit gets bad. You see, Santa Claus gets to go home early because there's so many people not on the list anymore and he catches Mrs. Claus with someone else and he goes on a murderous rampage and destroys the entire world. So put the chainsaw down. The Christmas special is over. I just went on a fucking journey, man. Time travel's fucking weird. It's 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 convoluted. It doesn't make sense. Even at the end, when you're all said and done with it, you're like, what the fuck just happened to me? And there's a rabbit involved for some reason. I I don't get it. I don't get it. Let's let's try to see if we can get it together, right? Such a scary rabbit. I bet you had just a kick-ass name, didn't he? Um, I think it was Charles. Maybe Bobby. I'm Frank. Holy shit! You are a horror to behold. You are a freaking Bugs Bunny looking motherfucker. You fucking creepy ass Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, Jonan Vasquez drawn up motherfucker. At least I'm not the stereotypical pasty white guys with a podcast of facial hair. What are you even doing here? You travel through time. It has consequences. Now you have to review Donnie Darko. Welcome back to Radio Fear Macabre, the first Radio Fear Macabre of 2022. I'm Brandon. As always, here's Justin. What's going on, everybody? And I hope you had a happy new year. Sorry for the delay. (laughs) Uh, We were supposed to have an episode out last week, but uh, Justin had to move. Yes, I did. And uh, the holidays, you know, combined with all that, it took a, a bit more of our time than we thought it was going to. But we're back! And better than ever. We're still doing two episodes this month. Uh, the first one just got delayed by a week. This one here. And today, we are talking about Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko? What the hell kind of name is that? It's like some sort of superhero or something. We uh, we had this planned out since early December, ending to the last episode and all that. Tied it together. We're, we're, we're a bunch of nerds. <laughs> all right, Brandon, how was your 2021? It was, it was good. We started a podcast. I don't, you might have heard of it, Radio Fear Macabre. I may have listened to it a couple times. Yeah, me too, over and over again while editing. Uh, <laughs> How much fun did you have editing this show? I, was, it, I mean, like, editing's always like a chore that everybody has to do when doing stuff like this. But it's still, like, it has its perks and it's, like, I get to be creative. I get to do, like, these creative little things with our episodes and shit like that. I've always needed an outlet for creativity, and now I have it. How happy you are that we actually have started the podcast. It's something that I know you've had planned for years. Yeah, uh, since 2019, I wanted to start it, and uh, I'm glad we got to last year. Your dreams have come true. But yeah, we, we started the podcast in 2021 so it's been a great year for horror for me i mean we started off strong Candyman, the new Candyman. that was a great movie glad you invited me along for the ride for podcasting when you first asked me to do this with you it was something that i wasn't sure i'd be capable of doing because it's hard for me sometimes to explain myself 
my social skills are not up to par compared to some other people. I don't, I'm not really much of a talkative person per se. I'm just short and sweet to the point. So I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to be able to do this and not going to lie, it's been a little bit of a struggle, but doing this podcast with you has been an adventure and it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, but it's not over. <laughs> You're talking. I, I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to say that I'm <laughs> stepping down from the podcast, people. You're talking like it's done. I'm here, as what a lot of celebrities and athletes have done, I'm here to say that I'm stepping down to take a break from my mental health. Are you? No. Oh, you have me worried there for a second. <laughs> Like this? Are oh, you gonna tell me while we're recording? <laughs> Surprise! Surprise, motherfucker! I quit. <laughs> Where's my paycheck? Oh yeah, we don't make any fucking money. <laughs> uh, you don't like. But for real, I have had a lot of damn fun doing this podcast so it's, far. So far, and we'll continue to. <laughs> and we'll continue to. I picked you because um, we we talk about horror movies anyway. Yeah. But you know how I am. I'm not really a social... Right, but when you get on the topic of like horror movies you love, you don't shut the fuck up. Oh, I know. So, you were an obvious choice to, to bring on to this. Well, I appreciate you doing that. I had a hell of a 2021, though. I mean... Chucky. Chucky series came out. Watched uh, Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills. Two of my favorite franchises. It was just a good year for horror in general. I think I, I've seen like people on Twitter say like 2021 was a weak year for horror. Uh, I'm like, I what 2021 did you have? Right? Because there's a lot of good stuff that came out. And we, we had Mike Flanagan's motherfucking Midnight Mass, which I finally completed watching and. I'm glad you introduced me to that show. Oh, it's so good. really damn good. Makes me want to watch Mike Flanagan's other. Yeah, you got to see Haunting on Hill House and Haunting of Blind Manor. I can't wait to watch those. And I'm very excited for Fall of the House of Usher that he's working on. That'll be out probably maybe later this year, maybe next year. I think later this year. Midnight Mass, Chucky, though just those two alone was like it was a great year for TV horror. And then we had. A Guillermo del Toro movie. We had a James Wan movie, Malignant. Malignant. We had the return of Candyman and and the return of uh, Halloween. It was a really good year for horror. Started off really strong with uh, a movie that, sure, not horror, but its main character got a start in horror. Both its main characters got their start in horror. And it's Godzilla vs. Kong. Need to see that. That's so so good. Like I said, I've only seen the '90s Godzilla that came out. That's it's like '97. That's really bad. <laughs> now you know why I haven't probably seen many Godzilla movies. Boy, hey, trust we're gonna we're gonna cover some Godzilla on this show. I've not seen any of the Japanese Godzillas. But yeah, we're gonna cover those. Weird thought. We were talking about this earlier. You never seen True Blood? No. You wouldn't be interested in watching that series. Isn't it like a drama? has horror elements in it. But it's, like, closer to Twilight than Dracula? It's closer to Dracula than Twilight. Oh. Is that the one... It's got a, a vampire chick called Elena in it? I know the lady who played Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. What was her name? I don't remember. I've only seen her as Jean Grey. She's in it. She's the main character. Sookie Stackhouse. That's her name? Yes. In the show? Yes. Sookie Stackhouse? Yes. That is a porn star name. <laughs> <laughs> that is a porn star name. <laughs> you can't and the, convince and me and otherwise. And the vampire that that's around her and stuff is named Bill. Bill the vampire. <laughs> Meet Frank the bunny. <laughs> Anyways, I don't I don't see the argument that 2021 was a weak year for horror. It was great for me. Was it as good for you as it was for me? It was pretty good. Yeah. But my God, 2022, the horror movies that are coming out. We're already set up strong, brother. Really strong. A movie we hope to see next week. Or maybe later this week. No, we're going to see it next week. Good deal. I'll I'll drag you to the theater if I have to. You're going to have to drag me. I'm going (laughs) to drag your ass. (laughs) 
You ain't dragging me. I'm gonna take this fucking mask on. I'll abduct your ass. <laughs> Yank you. Get your scream shirt. Do you like scream movies? Yes. Take me to the theater. <laughs> we are. That's probably already sold out. <laughs> Honestly, I, I doubt it. Yeah, it's not Spider-Man. That's the thing. It's not a superhero movie. A lot of people's going to watch. Oh, absolutely. It's going to break the box office for sure, but it ain't Spider-Man. horror. Spider-Man has already outsold Titanic. Superheroes, man. They take, they've take they taken over the world. I know. Why do you think they keep making about six or seven Marvel movies a year? Yeah. But, I mean, it's been... They hemorrhage. They shit money. This is something I want to talk about in another episode at some point. Superhero burnout. Well, uh, no, it's like the superhero genre has has taken over so like prominently in cinema uh, that it's basically pushed out other genres from like mainstream. So you you it's, don't see romantic comedy mainstreams anymore. No, you just see uh, you don't. Marvel, s- it's Marvel movies, Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, and. That's it. And horror. And horror. So like that that's the point I'm getting at. Like superhero movies, they they've they've dominated so much that uh non superhero action movies are like a second thought now. Yeah. Or they go straight to D V D. Yeah. Uh romantic comedies, you don't even see those in theaters anymore. No, straight to D V D. Uh just straight up comedies. Or mostly Netflix. A lot of those drama shits going on Netflix. Yeah. And then straight up comedies. You don't see those big anymore. Um, because superhero movies cover all of those, and people are just getting those in their superhero movies. But the one thing that they're not getting in superhero movies a lot of is horror. Now, a horror superhero now, movie. They're they're starting already. Blade, Morbius, and Venom dabbled. So they're gonna have a Carnage movie. I hope not. They the, are. Oh, the plans. that's terrible because I saw that new Venom movie and Carnage was awful in it like I love Woody Harrelson to death but I did not like the way they depicted Carnage in that movie but with the, the domination of, of the superhero genre what has filled the void of all these missing genres has been horror and it is it has rose up itself into what we consider a new golden age of horror that we're having right now and it seems like the slasher seems to be back in full swing. Yes. Which is great. Did you ever think we would see a revitalization of the slasher genre being the dominant yes. genre in horror? Yes. You thought we would live to see that day? Yes. Damn. I didn't. Everything, it's a vicious circle. Everything goes away and then it comes back. Well, that's the thing, though. Subgenres of horror usually don't come back to be the dominant subgenre oh really yeah because you have the evergreen which is the ghost story that's always like consistently good in horror you always get ghost movies right but then like think about in the 30s you had like the monster movies and then the in the silver age you had the sci-fi movies alien invasions and giant monsters that would lead to the kaijus right and then you had the exploitation movies of the of the 70s 80s we got the slasher 90s we had the meta slasher uh, and the psychological thriller we get to torture porn yes and then we got to social commentary horror but you've never seen genres like come back and be the top one again we never had a returning top subgenre until now it seems like the slasher has made its way to be that yes, again slasher's back. today and that's exciting we've never seen that before but yeah 2021 it was great our 2021 starting off the podcast was great that is going to bring us to our horror headlines here's your horror headlines on radio with the podcast itself season one of radio fear macabre is coming to an end uh no (laughs) it's coming to an end after march march is our final month of the season we're going to take a break in april and may and we'll be back in june with season two of radio fear macabre and we have lots of stuff planned for season two not saying we don't have a lot more planned to finish out 
season one. Yeah, we have actually a really big plan <laughs> to finish out season one. A season two, strap yourself is in, folks. Yeah, but be ready for the end of season one because I have a big project I've been thinking up, and we're going to start executing that very soon for the month of March. We're, we're not sharing it just yet, but it's going to be a good time. Also, in news related to our podcast, Tony got a, a job. Yay! <laughs> Congratulations, Tony. No, I'm not saying it like that. <laughs> I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying Tony Tony is working a new job, and he is, from what we can tell so far, not going to be available for a lot of episodes in the future. This isn't a goodbye to Tony. I'm sure he's still going to be involved with future episodes, it's just not going to be very frequent due to the nature of his job. But, I mean, you know. You know how it is. Gotta chase that bag. Gotta get that bread. Everybody already knows that's listening to this podcast, but fucking Scream coming out this Friday, January 14th. Can't wait to see the movie. I know me and Brandon's real excited to see it. I am. And for our last story in the horror headlines, the Friday the 13th lawsuit has been settled. Finally. Finally, uh, there was no appeal against the court's decision against Victor Miller, so he will retain ownership of the original screenplay, which means he owns the rights to everything within the original Friday the 13th Part 1. Now that this is all settled and done, maybe sometime soon we can start seeing something new coming from this now split series. I've already said my piece about... Friday the 13th thing. I'm just glad that it's over and just ready for everybody to move on and what, get shit man. Which, which side of this are you more excited to see something from? Either or. Like, you excited to see what the next Jason movie is going to be or the next Friday the 13th? Both. Both? Both. I wonder if they can still call him Jason since he was called Jason in the first one, even if though he was just a kid. I don't know. Yeah, that I'm interested to see. It'll be like Child's Play, to where... You can call them both Chucky, but one of them has the rights to Child's Play. Yeah. Now on to our main topic of the episode, Donnie Darko. on January 19th of 2001. It's set in 1988. The synopsis on IMDb says, After narrowly escaping a bizarre accident, a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes. Now this movie, some argue whether or not this is horror. I'm on the fence on that. Me, personally, I don't consider it horror. My reasoning behind that is, to me, it's more sort of sci-fi fantasy. I mean, there is horror elements in it. Frank the Rabbit, there's not many scary elements, in my opinion, of that. I Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the movie. Lots of well-known actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to see Patrick Swayze in this movie. <laughs> Seeing now how popular the movie was, I didn't even know this movie existed until Brandon told me about it. Really? Yeah, I didn't know nothing about Donnie Darko. Oh. Period. Damn. Uh, but yeah, I, I think like whether or not you find it to be horror, I think it uh, a lot of that has to do with how you view the events of the movie taking place. Uh, and I, I, like some people take it as a sci-fi fantasy. And those those are the people who kind of like just take everything that's happening in the movie as it's happening. But there's a side of the movie where like some people will look at it kind of like a, a Rorschach test, where sometimes you see like some people see one thing, some uh, people see another. Some people will look, watch this movie and take take it as like, oh okay, he's seeing into the future, and this rabbit thing is telling him about like the future and leading him to do all this future stuff. Other people will watch this movie and see a psychological thriller. Donnie's going crazy. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There is one element in that movie that is scary. The idea of knowing when you're going to die. Right. That And that idea in itself is scary. Right. Well, he doesn't really 
know he's going to die until near the very end. Because Frank says the end. The world is going to end. But, like, some people, some people, they don't take everything that's happening as, like, it's really happening. They, they see this as a journey of a very troubled kid with a mental illness seeing visions of a rabbit and thinking he's saving the world. That part of it, if you see it that way, pretty terrifying. <laughs> and I think that's why, that's how I took it when I first watched this movie years ago was um, I wasn't sure whether or not he was right, you know, if the world was actually ending. Yeah, the movie makes you think that he's just losing his fucking mind. Right, well, I mean, you when when you watched it, you, you kind of just accepted all of this as, like, the world is going to end, right? Yes. All right, and that, that leads you to feel like... Like he was having a premonition. Yeah, and that led you to feel like it's a sci-fi fantasy, whereas if you don't believe that when it's told to you... Like, is the world really going to end, or is this kid just going nuts? That's where it gets scary, because it, it then it bec- this movie kind of becomes a journey into a, a troubled mind, and uh, so like like a Rorschach test, you're going to either see it one way or another, and I think that's kind of the beauty of this movie. You could take it as one type of movie or another type of movie, depending on what you choose to 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 believe in the movie. Sci-fi, fantasy, horror, it's just Donnie Darko. It's just Donnie Darko. Uh, so this movie, when it came out, it was not received very well. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't successful at first. It's what we call a cult classic. Didn't do good in box office, but now everybody loves it. Yeah. yeah. I believe it's very well-earned cult classic status. Sort of like Silent Night, Daily Night. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot more money went into this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can tell a lot of money went into this. Well, I think it was its budget was like five million dollars or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was it was it was a bit. It was a bit. And all the well-known actors in that movie. Right. With that being said, Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal wasn't as big as they would be later. Yeah, I think this was the movie that made Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Uh, but when Richard Kelly came onto the scene with this movie. Uh, apparently, it was just like this really good script, and people just jumped on board with it, and that's why we got all these actors like Patrick Swayze. And I could be wrong, but I think this is the only movie that Jake and Maggie are in together. Yeah, and it's it's, it's funny that you know they're actual brother and sister, and they play brother and sister in the movie, and it plays out really well in the movie. You can yeah. tell the brother and sister bond. Yeah, in that movie. Lots of funny parts in this movie, too. Yeah, like, you're such a fuck-ass. <laughs> Donnie, you're such a dick. <laughs> Whoa, Elizabeth. A little hostile there. Maybe you should be the one in therapy, then Mom and Dad can pay someone $200 an hour to listen to all your thoughts, so we don't have to. Okay. Do you want to tell Mom and Dad why you stopped taking your medication? You're such a fuck-ass. <laughs> what? Please. Did you just call me a fuck-ass? Elizabeth, that's enough. You can go suck a fuck! Oh, please tell me, Elizabeth, how exactly does one suck a fuck? (laughs) You want me to tell you? Please, tell me. We will not have this at the dinner table. Stop! (laughs) What's a (laughs) fuck-ass? You could totally tell that's something that it would just say each other and roll off. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of comedy to this movie, and that's why the genre of this film isn't very definite. Because it has it has teenage drama, it has coming of age stuff. Comedy. It has comedy. It has mystery. It has a sci-fi element with the time travel. It has psychological stuff with uh, the therapy sessions, and Donnie Darko's clearly mentally unstable. Whether or not all this stuff is really happening, it's it's made pretty clear Donnie is not well to begin with and he's you know that is probably connected to his sleepwalking and all of that but the premise of the movie is that the world is going to end in well what was it frank said like 28 days 28 days and some change like i said in the skit (laughs) 28 Um, days and some change which in his defense i'd be probably acting crazy as shit too if uh i saw that i would have 
died by getting a fucking plane engine crushed on me. Yeah. So, uh, Frank saves saves Donnie by uh, making him by get out of the room. Get out of the room, calling to him while he's asleep, and he sleepwalks out of the room, and a um, a jet engine's uh, turbine uh, falls into his room. Just his room. Just his room. And it's from... Death from Final Destination is in this movie. God. Yeah. But, like, here's the thing. Nobody knows where it came from. Yes. You find out later at they, the end they, of the movie. They, they check the serial number on, on the turbine, and the only match it has is with a plane that has both of them already on it. Yeah. So that makes no sense. There was no planes flying over at the time so there's this big mystery of like what the fuck happened but this being an older movie from 2001 just to you know give our normal heads up straight to spoilers did not expect to know who Frank the Rabbit was everything makes sense yeah at near the end of the movie well sort of it's kinda <laughs> this movie is one big mind fuck yeah it's, it's real complicated and you may not Honestly, I should have watched the movie again before doing this episode. It's a real complex movie. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it it is it is complex, and I think that's one of the uh, the pluses to this movie. Definitely one of those movies you need to watch more than once. Yeah, and I'll probably appreciate it a lot more than what I initially did if I watch it a couple more times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it blew my mind the first time I saw this movie. Uh, kind of, let's see, I think I was, it was 2011 when I first saw it. I remember I was watching it in my barracks room in, when I was in the military. Before you even watched it in 2011, when you were younger, did you ever hear about Donnie Darko? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When we were in uh, high school, I heard a lot about it. Uh, it was it was that that movie that like the 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 emo kids would talk about a lot because it it, it kind of has that fan base around it immediately like the, the the emo the alternative style kids would talk about this movie and I had a lot of friends in that group Frank the Rabbit especially he was like an icon that people love to like draw or have like a logo of him on their backpack it was just funny to see Patrick Swayze in this movie because every time I saw him I was just saying Roadhouse. <laughs> Well, it's weird to see Patrick Swayze as this kind of character. You wouldn't think he'd be in this type of movie. Right. Well, I don't know about that, but I... I Every movie I've ever seen Patrick Swayze in was like the macho movie. Like the or movies, Ghost. I've seen him in Roma- Ghost. Romantic movies, too. Ghost, Blood... Uh, not Blood. Young Blood. Oh, you, I thought you were going to say Bloodsport. I'm like, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? No, it's called... You ever seen... It's called Young Blood. It had a... Uh, him, he's in it. The guy you said has a really punchable face, Rob Lowe. Oh yeah, yeah, Rob Lowe. <laughs> Rob Patrick, Lowe, he has the most yeah, punchable face in Hollywood. It's, yes, it's him and Patrick Swayze's in the movie. Okay, it's a it's a hockey movie. No, oh. it's pretty good. I, I haven't seen that one because it's a hockey movie. The only hockey movie I've ever seen is Happy Gilmore, <laughs> and that's really a golf movie. Yeah, you know, there's hockey. Kind of a hockey to begin. There's hockey. Don't you ever touch my puck. Uh, my favorite part of that movie is Bob Barker. <laughs> this is wrong, bitch. I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. <laughs> rest in peace, Bob Barker. Oh, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Yes. Good man. His character wasn't a good man in this movie. Oh, no. That's that's what I was saying. It's, it's weird seeing him portrayed as that kind of character. And that's the another thing at the ending of the movie where they realize, oh, he foresaw everything that would happen if he would have stayed alive. He ends up dying, and it changed the life of what would have happened to so many characters in the movie. Yeah. I mean, and they all saw what he saw because they all were woke up at the same time, and Patrick Swayze's literally in tears. Yeah. Because he had his whole mental thing he was doing about fear yeah and that whole him burning him Donnie Darko burning his house down never happens he sees it happening and he wakes up from his dream of that night and he's in tears and hopefully since he saw that he changed his ways but he was a yeah he had a he had illegal pornography 
because when the cops clean the, they clean out the house it's all burned from Donnie Darko they yeah. find it yeah the firefighters found and it completely I, I don't know if I want to see he gets busted for having specific pornographic images of underaged people people yeah there we go yeah <laughs> very odd role for Patrick Swayze <laughs> yes He's right. usually depicted as like a heroic guy in like every movie he's in, or a hunky, you know, romance guy. The ending of the movie is what I like the most about it because everything makes Cause sense. Because it's over, I don't have to watch it anymore. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it made sense, and it was a real powerful scene. All the people reacting. Oh yeah. After see knowing what would have happened if he would have really not got crushed by the jet engine. Yeah. The woman who ends up falling in love with Donnie Darko in his time travel doesn't even know he... Well, maybe she might know who he was, but she never really got to know him. Yeah. there uh, You can see there's like a hint of like something there when she's like waving to the Donnie's mom. mom. Yeah. It's like mommy knew or something. Yeah, the mom knew. Gretchen, the girlfriend, uh, she felt... Yeah, like I said, she felt something. Uh, like she's supposed to know something yeah. there, but maybe doesn't. Horrible accident. My neighbor got killed. What happened? Got smushed by a jet engine. What was his name? Donnie. Donnie Darko. Hmm. I feel bad for his family. Yeah. Did you know him? No. And she benefited, I guess, the most out of all of them because she, she would have died. Not. Yeah. Because she would have got ran over. By Frank. By Frank the rabbit. That dirty rabbit. <laughs> Trickster was not for kids. No. <laughs> oh, wait, man. I think when I first watched this movie years ago, and he, uh, you find out the driver was Frank in the bunny suit. I think the first thing I said is, oh, he shouldn't have made that left at Albuquerque. <laughs> no, you did not say that. I did. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, Donnie Darko, he did not fuck around. He was like, he wouldn't even let Frank explain himself. He just... Yeah. Shot him right in the eye, and you know why? <laughs> One of his eyes went when he took his uh, mask that's, off at the theater. That's a crazy thing about this movie. It like time loop and causation and all of that in this movie. Uh, while they're watching Evil Dead, I like that Evil show. Dead. <laughs> Clot two. <laughs> the bullet in his eye, and then you see it happen later, which it kind of makes you think like, why did Frank the Rabbit uh, as the as the image in Donnie's mind? that Frank that version of Frank why did he do all of this like pull Donnie out of his room to save him from the jet engine he, uh, cause that's the path that leads to his own death as Frank cause I mean I, I can't give you an explanation for right that. I'm, I'm not asking for an actual answer it's something to think uh, about though right uh, that'll just dig in a bigger rabbit hole than what this is I would yeah. cause Movie's already complicated enough. I think that plays a lot in the, you know, just how good this movie is. It's making you think, right? Makes you think a lot. Yeah. Because if Frank didn't do that, then Frank wouldn't have died. I don't think that was Frank, Frank, Frank. It had to have been something else. You think so? It ain't him using mental images or something. It's actual time travel that's happening here. Right. So. I think it might go a little deeper than just time travel. I, I think it was mixed between him losing his fucking mind and time travel. That, and I think maybe multiverse has a role to play. The reason why he keeps seeing Frank is because it's the dude who killed his girlfriend. It's the dude who he kills, too. Yes. Uh, yeah, but... And the thing that blows... that didn't happen yet. The That's the that, crazy thing. And the thing that blows my fucking mind is how can a jet engine fall... From the future, where his parent, his mom, and them are on the plane in the future, how does the turbine fall and go through time and land in his room? There's some explanation to that within the film, 
I couldn't tell you what it is. Uh, but, you know, but the talk between him and the science teacher and all that, and they're talking about, like, force uh, and going through, like, a, a, a wormhole and stuff, a vortex of some sort. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this movie's all just you, a big mind fuck. All you need to know is that part of the plane did fall off in the future. From and a freaking And landed in the past. Yeah. It's, it's nutty. <laughs> yes, this movie is nutty as fuck. But it's good nutty. Yes. Yeah, and uh, how how did you feel about it being set in 1988? Could you tell it was a period piece that it was set in the past? No, not really. It le- it seemed like a the setting was a movie. The school kind of had an 80s feel to it, mm-hmm. but if you watched the movie at that time in 2001, you, you probably thought would have thought it was in 2001. 2001 yeah. yeah. It really didn't have. The only they, thing they didn't, is, they, it's like they didn't really go into much trouble into trying to make it look as eighties as possible. Yeah, they, like I've seen other movies to where they do movies in the eighties or the seventies and the sixties, and they go all out and making sure that you know it's in those eras. Yeah, I think that's a, kind of a, a plus for it. Like it's set in a realistic eighties. Where everybody's not all like, we're in the 80s. Everybody's carrying a big boom box. Yeah. <laughs> look look at how 80s everything is. Made, made a point to put retro arcades yeah. in there. Let's go to the mall. Have you, have you heard the new Michael Jackson album? Bad? <laughs> like Match the Future shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like Back to the Future wasn't. Wait, which deals with time travel yeah and they reference back to the future in, yeah, in this movie yeah, he talked about DeLorean yeah he's like oh I like the DeLorean I love that movie I think it was filmed so well <laughs> it definitely doesn't use like a, a fetishized 80s right yeah it's 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 very grounded and like how it actually is in the 80s they do act like the, the kids in, in this movie do act like they're from 2001 though yes and another good example would be like in Back to the Future they were thinking oh in 2015 society is sort of the same yeah we got the new technology but besides the new technology around has really much changed no besides cars and the technology a little bit we have TikTok now yes <laughs> but well, we, we as far as everybody as far, as far as everybody doing their normal day lives and how everything looks outside nothing really much different. We got those shoes in 2015, though. The... The Autolace? Nikes? They really did make those? Yeah, it was a limited edition thing that they did with Back to the Future. When 2015 hit, they made those Autolace Nike shoes from the movie. I want them. Oh, you can't afford them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they're probably cost like... You'd have to sell several houses to get... Jesus. I yeah. want them, though. Yeah, they made like a hundred of them. And I want that damn that life preserver. And someone made the, the hoverboard, too. And it worked. Yeah, oh, I did say that. Tony yep. Hawk tested it out. Yep. And he was like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I didn't... It, the movie really didn't go into much detail in thinking this was in the 80s. You would have thought this was a normal... Two th- this timeline was in 2001. Well... Other than the soundtrack, though. You you guys like Tears Fears? <laughs> shout. Shout. Let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on. If this episode gets 200 downloads in two weeks, we'll do a full cover of Shout by Tears for Fears. <laughs> All in all, it was a good movie. Big mind fuck. Glad I got to see the movie. I would recommend anybody that's never seen it to watch it at least once. Maybe twice. Maybe twice. Maybe three times. Maybe three times (laughs) because of how complicated the movie is, but it's really well done. I think this movie does a really good job having several characters within the movie all feel like they're your own unique selves. Nobody's like really generic in any way. There's a lot of personality in this movie. Like the the teacher. Oh yeah, Drew Barrymore was in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Drew Barrymore, she she's a very eccentric teacher. She like she tells uh Gretchen when she gets there on her first day, Gretchen asks her like where should I sit? She's like 
sit next to the guy you think is cutest. What is Graham Greene trying to communicate with this passage? Why did the children break into Old Misery's house? Joni? They wanted to rob him. Joni, if you had actually read the short story, which had a whopping 13 <laughs> pages, would have kept you up all night, you would know that the children find a great deal of money in the mattress, but they burn it. Donnie Darko, perhaps with your recent brush with mass destruction, you can give us your opinion. Well, they say it right when they flood the house and they tear it to shreds that, like, uh, destruction is a form of creation, so the fact that they burn the money is ironic. They just want to see what happens when they tear the world apart. They want to change things. May we help you? Yeah, I just registered and they put me in the wrong English class. You look like you belong here. Um, where do I sit? Sit next to the boy you think is the cutest. <gasps> Quiet! Oh my god. <laughs> Better choose. Very embarrassing spot to be in as a high school student. <laughs> and the whole cellar door thing. And the the gym teacher. Oh yeah. <laughs> she she was a character. Yeah. She's very uptight, very in love with Patrick Swayze's character. Yeah. A little too much. Even after he was exposed for stuff in his house, she was still trying to defend him. And she was trying to get a book banned from the school because of what she was like afraid it was gonna teach the kids. At the same time, she was coaching a dance group of little girls yeah. in very suggestive dances. So she's a hypocrite. She was, then, the, she was the insufferable character in this movie. I'm kind of noticing a trend. All of the characters in some way are hypocrite. Because then you got uh, Jen Cunningham, who's all about like the, the whole love and fear thing and trying to be a life coach to help people be good people, and he's a pedophile. How about his VHS tapes? Love. Fear. And he was he was handsy with kids in those tapes, too. Yeah. Every time he did a close-up, I just said, Roadhouse. Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> All we need is Sam Elliott. Yes. Disturbing scene, but it's kind of hilarious, too. He's at the psychiatrist talking with a counselor, mm -hmm. and he's, a, she's a, he's asleep. Yeah. And he's like... I was thinking about fucking. Yeah. Because <laughs> I met a girl today. I think about girls a lot. I think about That's hilarious. Fucking them. Motherfucker well, the was trying to unzip his pants and shit. She's like. <laughs> and I, I think those those scenes with his uh his uh, therapist are really good during the hypnosis and all that. Like you see like a very vulnerable Donnie that he doesn't show anyone. Yeah. Uh, and he, the, this is like the the only time you 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 see him openly express that all of this stuff that's going on scares him. He's terrified. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that I think that was really well done. Most powerful scene for me was, I think it was, maybe the last scene he had with the psychiatrist where he's literally saying he's in this room with me. I was like, I see him right now, and then he's literally Frank right. is right there. That that was a that was a good scare, I think. Yeah, that was pretty good scare. Never really went to the explanation because he was trying to get to him, and there was like this force field. Yeah, thing. and he was like stabbing the force field with a knife, and it was like lighting. His face was like. Yeah, and it was lighting up Frank's eye that he gets shot in. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that. In the scene at the theater where his girlfriend's asleep, he's just like, take the mask off. Yeah. Why are you like, wearing? Why you have that mask all the time? So why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? And Frank looks over, like, why are you wearing that stupid man suit? That's hilarious. That's kind of creepy and yeah. a bit deep, kind of like suggesting to Donnie you're something more than what you look. I love that line that Frank has there when he does that, and he's opening the portal in the theater screen. He's just like. Have you ever seen a portal? <laughs> portal shows up. It's nothing like deep or anything like that. It's like, yo, you ever seen a portal? <laughs> I think, now that I'm thinking about it, 
the thing that he was dealing with that was telling him about all this stuff, it wasn't Frank. I think it's maybe something that can change his appearance to whatever the person's attachments to. The Frank that he's seeing is not of this world. It's more than that. Maybe. Because he's literally opening up a portal, so you can tell that Frank is a time traveler, but it's not really Frank. It's something more. Kind of alien-ish. I, possibly. I don't really see it as an alien type of thing. Um, or you know, you know it's not Frank. For I, real. I think... In a way, it is Frank. I think it's the future consciousness of somebody that he's going to kill. And him being so closely tied to his destiny being with Donnie Darko. If Donnie lives, then Frank dies. If Donnie dies, then Frank lives. So I think there's an intertwine of of, of fate and destiny with these two. And that's why they're interacting with each other so much through time. Or like you said, it could just be a multiverse thing. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that plays into the multiverse thing. Cause like, like I said, if if Donnie lives, it leads to Frank dying. If Donnie dies, then Frank lives. So I think their their destinies are like that. But the Frank that's in the that's going through time traveling has the bullet hole in his eye. Yeah, He's dead. It, it's the future consciousness of somebody that will die. Okay. By the hands of Donnie. Just the consciousness. You're getting too complex with me again. <laughs> okay, so like I get what you're trying to say. It's just too- kind of his spirit, but like, okay, so like there's 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 like this whole theory where when we die, the energy that is our, our souls and our life and all that goes into the universe. And the universe plays all sorts of like roles within time and all of that. So the soul in a more simplistic way of explaining the soul of someone Donnie's going to kill in the future is showing Donnie that future some crazy shit man (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) Uh, two people with very close destinies that rely on each other I get what you're trying to say so I, I think it's just some deep shit, man. Yeah. God. <laughs> uh, or it could just be the future itself personified as someone that Donnie's going to kill. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thinking movie. It's a really big thinking movie. Yeah. Uh, and I love that, it. That's the it. biggest thing I can say about this movie. It's a mind fucking, it's a real big thinking movie. Yeah. Leaves you with more questions than answers. And <laughs> I, I appreciate that it doesn't just totally answer itself for you. Uh, like, at the end, Donnie's laughing right before he dies. At that point, I believe he was just so over everything, and he was just ready for everything to be over with. Really? I, I took... He it. knew he was going to die. That's why he was laughing. Because he saw how much better off everybody would be if he just died. Well, I don't know if it's like he saw how much better off people would be. I think it was more like he solved the puzzle. And that's why he was laughing. And whatever it is he knows, we don't. But he also wanted to die because if he would have, since he knew it was going on, he had time to get out of his room. Right, but I think that had to do with solving the puzzle is knowing that his death is involved with that somehow. He's saving the world by dying. That much we can kind of understand uh but don't you think if he already knew what would have happened if he would survive that since he already knows what would happen he would willingly change things since he knows it's going to happen now people like to see they see in the future they try to change things to change the future well in his mind after those 28 days are done the world ends So he solved whatever puzzle it is to make the world not end and it involves his death. But also, when he sees the future, he throughout the days, it counts down throughout the whole movie. And it's, to me, it's the world's going to end, but after he saw the time and the day and what was going to happen, it was really just 
That was the time that that his he was gonna kill Frank and his girlfriend was gonna die. Yeah. So uh, he would have knew that the world wasn't gonna end. Well, I think the world was gonna end. Oh, so if he didn't die then, it was just gonna create some time paradox, and well, everything was gonna be destroyed. There was that big time vortex coming out of the sky at the end. Yeah. The one that the the part of the plane fell through. Yeah. That could have very well have been what destroys the earth or d- destroys the world, ends the world. And Donnie dying. He had to to prevent the world from ending. Yeah. Somehow stopped it. Like I said, he's laughing at something having to do with solving the puzzle, but we don't know what it is. I like that theory though. Yeah. If he would have ran out, it would have fucked everything up. Yeah. That time portal would have just. <laughs> thrown us into some weird loop. It's hard to say with this movie. Yeah. It, it is hard to say. Like I said, we don't have the answers. It doesn't just give us the answers. As I said earlier, it's a movie that gives you more questions than answers. Yeah. Which is something I love about the movie. Also, from what I've seen about this movie, the director's planning on making a sequel to this. Yeah. Which they did make a sequel, S. Darko, but... Uh, I haven't seen it. I hear it's pretty bad. Besides what I've said, that's about all I can say about Donnie Darko. It's a big mind fuck. It's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's got more a great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Great actors in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, this this cult classic movie, I love it to death. Take it or leave it as horror. I think it, even if you don't consider it horror, there's enough elements of horror and sci-fi in it to consider it horror adjacent. Enough for us to cover it on the podcast. Yeah, you know, because we'll cover whatever the fuck we feel like on the podcast. So, uh, but I think it's horror adjacent, right? So even if it's not horror, I I do consider it horror on some levels. There's horror elements in it. The Frank, the Frank, uh, I, the sense of impending doom, yes. the potential psychological struggles that Donnie's going through. I I, I throw those all in as horror. Uh, but even if you don't consider it horror, it's close enough. Great movie. I love this movie. I've always loved this movie since I first saw it. Especially at that time, I was getting into like watching really deep movies. And this movie is deep. And this movie is fucking deep. So I like I like that. I'll watch it again. Definitely. That's gonna be it for us. I feel like next episode we're gonna get a little ghosty facey. Well, yeah, we're covering Scream. That's, that's no surprise to anyone. It comes out this week. We're covering Scream. <laughs> Be on the lookout for our next episode. Obviously, uh, we're going to go watch the new Scream movie. And we're going to talk about it here. Can't wait to fucking see it. I can't either. You, you, If y'all have been listening, y'all know how hype I am. I'm serious about that 200 downloads thing. <laughs> we will cover Tears for Fears. Shout. It'll probably just be me singing. <laughs> I'll have I'll have Justin in the background on a windy beach wearing sunglasses and a flowy white button-up shirt beating an oil drum for the drum beat. So I'm going to close this out the way Donnie Darko closes out with Gary Jules' Mad World. But we can't afford Gary Jules. Good night, everybody. Good night.